Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with the show. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Thought I'd bring up a couple more subjects that we've been really t- wanting to talk in more detail because of all the decisions that have been made and the upfronts. In recent days, for both of these channels, or aka streaming networks, so thought I'd get the man who knows so much about pop culture to go ahead and share his thoughts as well. You got to go ahead and check it out and out anytime, or check him out anytime. He's here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. It is my good friend, Mr. TJ Johnson, on the road again. TJ, how you doing? I'm always good. Double G, it's always a pleasure being on the Pop Culture Cosmos absolutely absolutely indeed my friend uh, a couple of things i wanted to go ahead and run by you with the upfronts recently in regards to networks and streaming outlets uh, displaying their wares for the upcoming season trying to ig- almost ignore the fact that there's a writer strike going on instead of trying to <laughs> rectify that you know as fast as possible instead they want to go ahead and try and put everything out there that they can including a lot of live stuff including a lot of stuff that's reality tv and whatnot i feel like it's a flashback to 2007 2008 once all again. Over again all over again for better or for worse i do want to go <laughs> ahead and ask though there is a, a new reformed channel the max channel that is coming out uh, on the 23rd and i just wanted to go ahead and ask you you know with with all the changes and and uh, the things that hbo max has done over the past couple of years I really thought creatively they were really at a high with all the uh, a number of great shows and movies that were hitting that channel. But unfortunately, the finances dictated much otherwise when it was revealed that they were hemorrhaging a lot of money with the HBO Max concept. Flash forward a couple years later, they've now combined with Discovery Plus to create a all new thing called Max. So you tell me your thoughts on on what max is to you and what you think it'll be like for their future you know john i'm honest with you i'm not sure what to expect from max i mean obviously with the brand and hbo and the name you know the 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 name hbo we had an idea we had an idea of serialized content uh that was gripping serialized content that was intense that would be riveting television movies some stuff that was provocative i'm not really sure what to to think of with max um obviously discovery and discovery plus was was much more family friendly family orientated and geared more towards just a different audience so it's it's actually i don't want to say jarring or surprising um but i didn't expect that merger to happen uh to be honest with you Uh, i didn't expect that when it did uh and when it was announced it's like oh okay i didn't see that coming but all right uh I have to imagine, though, that the, 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 the flagship shows for HBO, or I guess soon to be now Max, you know, the Game of Thrones, the, uh, the Last of Us, the shows that people are still tuning in to watch, um, they're not going to go anywhere. Uh, so I, I don't anticipate a huge change in that regard. I think from a marketing standpoint, they're going to have to figure out very early who they are and what they want to do, um, what they want to cater their 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 menu to towards uh, but I, i'm i'm not sure I, i'm not sure how they're gonna do it because again you're, you're looking at two different ends of the spectrum discovery was a much more family friendly family orientated you know network if you will hbo is much more uh not family orientated granted they had the looney tunes and they had those channels to hbo max which is which was fine they had looney tunes and dc slate of of superhero shows, movies, cartoons, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see exactly how they they market this and who this is who this is marketed towards. I think that's going to be the real key, seeing who this is actually geared towards. If it's geared towards those families, or if it's geared towards maybe finding a way to have a a, a mix of both. I'm not really sure. Uh, I know for me personally, as long as I've got access to my my library of DC animated stuff, uh, I'm good. I'm good. Just, just don't don't mess with my DC animated. Don't mess with my The Last of Us, and definitely don't mess with my Game of Thrones. Obviously, Westworld went the way Westworld went, and I'm not exactly sure what happened there. Uh, but just don't have that happen to Game of Thrones, so we're good. 
Well, when it comes to Rex, and you you said you're good, but the thing is, you know, there's going to be a little bit that's changing with it, yeah. and of course, we'll see the same thing with Disney when we uh, we talk about that with Disney Plus mm-hmm. at Hulu later on. We'll talk about that here in a little bit, but. When it comes to what we're going to see with Max, I, I'm I'm curious as to what we're going to see because again, they last year, late last year, pulled a lot of their programming yes, off the table, and also did not ever or shelved, I should say, or don't plan to ever release Batgirl in in any point in time, which is also very disappointing because yes. you know depending on who you talk to is going to be really good or was not going to be really good, so. You know, the fact that we won't be able to go ahead and see it is probably going to be a, a little bit of disappointing to fans out there of the DC universe and, and things of that nature. But I wanted to ask you, when it comes to the things you might see on Max outside of the Lord of the Rings, like you talked about with The Last of Us, the stuff that they have, the Game of Thrones stuff that they have as far as out there, they, they seem to have this large library of good content, adult-oriented content, which I thought was clicking with an audience, but mm-hmm. apparently not to the point where it was actually generating any money. Well, you know, it, I, I have to imagine how difficult it is to generate money in this in in the streaming business. And and what I mean by that is obviously Netflix was the one that kind of really kicked it all off, and the whole password sharing and ensuring that you know there are multiple people that are utilizing the same accounts. Those are all things that are still going to be issues moving forward. Obviously, Netflix is doing what they can to address them. I'm sure Disney, Max, and other streaming services will ultimately look at doing the same thing. I think the only one that may not do something like that is Amazon Prime because it's Prime and everybody shares Prime as it is anyway. So they kind of just almost seem to accept it as a loss. Uh, So I think it's going to be difficult for them to, to make money as is. And we can think a show is successful and the viewership could think and show is successful, but if the if it's not generating the revenue that it needs to generate as far as bringing more viewers in, bringing more subscriptions in, then it's really not going to ultimately prove to be beneficial for the company to keep moving forward with it. Now, you have huge shows like The Last of Us, as we discussed, and, and Game of Thrones that they're there. Those are those are, are, are flags or tentpole shows are never going to go away. But as far as some of the other content that, again, is surprisingly cut. You mentioned Batgirl earlier. I know there was a Scooby-Doo that got cut. I want to say Scooby-Doo yep. Haunt or something like that. Something to that effect. Um, that apparently they were not as confident in. Um, while you hate to see that from a, a fan standpoint, because, you know, there are a lot of people that are going to be interested to see what happened with Batgirl. Obviously, that was going to be the return of Michael Keaton's Batman. And uh, there were other things that were that were going to be visited with that. That was probably going to lead more into Flashpoint that's going to be coming up here soon. You're disappointed to see those things go. And I just don't want them to start continuing that this trend of getting rid of content and not really having a replacement or a way to still get said content uh, to the consumers that have paid subscriptions to be able to see that kind of stuff on a demand basis, so to speak. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. It's very going to be very interesting how this plays out. It's going to be something where I think a lot of people are going to be keeping an eye on it because as people then you know decide whether or not they want to commit long term to more streaming networks or to streaming networks we're going to see how that's you know going to be developing over the next next years and months and coming up because the fact is that the streaming wars have had some attrition now we we you know the 2020 days where everything was uh, all about streaming those days, I don't want to say they're coming to an end, but they're changing to say the least. These streaming outlets are talking about cutting back on programming, cutting back on new shows or movies or content coming to the these these streaming outlets. Yet they're talking about bundling and they're talking about increasing the price, which is making it harder and harder for the consumer out there to go ahead and say, you know what, I want to commit to more of these streaming outlets. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we used to before think that it was a big deal to cut the cable, right? And that was the whole point mm-hmm. of these streaming outlets to be able to offer you on-demand content, the content that you want, you're paying for what you want to see as opposed to paying for a bunch of channels that you're never going to use. And it was supposed to be cost efficient. It was supposed to make your 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 cable bill much, much more manageable. When in fact, 
I think it's kind of started to do the opposite. I think uh, it's starting to, to creep up because if you're already paying for top tiered internet, you, know, you have to be paying a, a certain amount for a certain amount of, of bandwidth and you want to be able to stream, you know, multiple shows in a household. Everybody doesn't want to watch the same thing, so on and so forth. And then you're going to have multiple services. Now, granted, a lot of those services are bundled with other things that we use daily. I know my my uh, Netflix is bundled with my T-Mobile, my cell phone. So it, it kind of makes it a little bit easier to, to, to on the palette to have a Netflix account. Um, having Disney Plus along with Hulu and ESPN makes it a little bit easier to to have that as opposed to just buying Disney or, or just buying each one of them individually and seeing that bill become incrementally larger. Uh, so I think what's going to really be the deciding factor is, you know, as you said, there has been a lot of attrition. There has been a lot of the opposite direction. And now with them cutting this content, that's really going to help decide who wants to keep what kind of packages and what kind of bundles and and who wants to continue to support some of these streaming services. I know that there have been some that I've cut off. Uh, we just recently finished watching uh, or we're waiting to finish watching uh, Power on Stars. And I can assure you once Power is done, then I'll be cutting off Stars as well because there's just no need to continue to to maintain it that I, I know I'm not going to watch it. So uh, it's, it's going to be very, very interesting. And it's, it's really going to be based on your taste. And again, with with Max now, it's really going to be more who they want to be and who they want to cater to. Um, obviously, Disney has kind of found their niche being more family orientated, sometimes venturing off into some adult territory, if you will. Um, but they've become much more, you know, they, they have their niches, Disney. It's going to be up to Max to kind of decide who they want to be. Um, and then us as consumers to decide if we want to buy into that. Um, so I, I think that's that's what my biggest concern is, is is figuring out who they are and and then deciding, okay, was that something I want to keep riding with or do I just want to subscribe when Game of Thrones or The Last of Us or a show of that nature comes back? Do I want to take a backseat to it until it comes on? So we'll see. We'll see indeed. But it is Max, the channel that's coming out. It is a combination, of course, uh, or actually is out maybe by the time you hear this. It is coming out a combination of HBO Max and Discovery Plus to that platform, all combined, that content. Hopefully that will make for a better experience. Although, again, I didn't have much complaint at the height of HBO Max. I'd say probably early 2022. Mm -hmm. I'd probably say it was probably one of the best times for me as far as watching it, but as far as the amount of content that was going on to it. I really had uh, some high hopes, but that, again, that was the height of them hemorrhaging money, seemingly, because they were throwing so much at that at that network trying to make it stick. So I, I think that's a cautionary tale for everybody out there that you don't be too invested into one platform because if you if they don't get enough subscribers paying then you're obviously going to get burned at some point in time with less content because yeah it just seems like that these networks that these these companies financing these streaming outlets are really having a hard time trying to go ahead and get a profit absolutely and it's it's it, it, that's exactly what it boils down to they got to be able to turn a profit and if it's not doing so um then that's what the issue is going to be in you know we talk about prices going up we talk about you know packages and bundling and it really does boil down to the subscriptions if we've got everybody you know i i have a love-hate relationship with subscriptions and and here's why i say that hmm. uh, this is not a popular take gerald i need you to be very i need you to understand this is not going to be very popular and people are not going to like it but this is the truth when people do things like password share it really does make it harder for people who are paying for the subscriptions ultimately to maintain said subscriptions because the prices are naturally going to go up as more people are accessing the content and not paying for it. So but the matter is when we have more people accessing that stuff and taking up bandwidth, taking space on the servers, all that stuff costs money. There's a cost that goes into all of it. So if everyone, and it's easier said than done, but if everyone was already paying for a subscription to their with desired platform of choice and not necessarily password sharing, we might not be looking at rate increases. Now, obviously it is what it is and this is where we are, but we have to be mindful of the fact that as companies, they're looking to make a buck too. And does it suck for the consumers that the prices are gonna go up? Absolutely, but there are also things that we as consumers are doing that directly affect if the prices are gonna go up and things like password sharing and 
and having four or five different people on an account really does have an effect on the fact that there that's four or five subscriptions that they're not getting um hmm. and i can say that as somebody that works for a company that that makes their money off of sub- subscriptions um when people do things like share accounts you know then that's revenue that we're not getting um, granted we're getting sales as far as dollars in, in the warehouses but we're not getting that revenue for that membership sales so i can understand it i, I don't like it it's not again not a popular not a popular stance to take but understanding the way business works and understanding the way that the, the the revenue is gotten or is received i see i've seen this coming years and years and years and years ago i'm surprised it took so long for it to happen to be honest with you you're listening to the pop culture cosmos for the latest news and information analysis and opinions on the los angeles lakers and the nba check out the lakers fast break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts Well, I'll tell you what, my friend, Max, it's going to be something very interesting to see how it continues to develop with Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, everything that's attached to it. Uh, it looks like it's going to be something that, again, that people are going to have to get used to as far as the Max channel is concerned, maybe with the influx of Dis- uh, Discovery Plus mm-hmm. content. That'll hopefully be a nice boost for them. We'll wait and see. But it is TJ Johnson. Uh, one of our great, 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 great individuals that we actually have here all the time out here on the show. And I cannot thank <laughs> enough for, for being a part of what we do here. The second different, altogether, brand new combined thing that was just announced a few days ago was Disney Plus by the end of the year, finally coming to their senses a little bit, although it's not complete, as I had go, gone ahead and said for many years now combining Disney Plus and Hulu onto a one-app platform with Comcast now saying that they may be more, you know, uh, they're thinking about it, that there may be more available to going ahead and selling off their share, their 33% share of Hulu, that Disney will buy it out at some point in time and eventually take it over entirely. But the fact that that it will become a one-app experience gets closer to my ultimate thing of as far as my ultimate design, my ultimate prediction that I made years ago in regards to Disney uh, Plus, this Hulu, and also as well ESPN Plus all coming together on one platform, similar to what they have in markets already around the world, finally coming together for people here in the States. Yeah, uh, I... I just, I I just don't think it's a big enough deal. Like, okay, so we're gonna have Hulu and Disney together on one app, so that's that's one less app that I have to download. Um, but it doesn't change the fact that the content isn't. I mean, unless the content changes along with that. Now, granted, those type of things are inevitable, right? And maybe this is what they're gonna be able to do to help save some costs. And maybe keep some of the content from being cut that ultimately will be cut. Uh, but I really don't, I don't see it being a huge deal one way or the other. It's just one less app um, to actually have to pick up and run. And granted, you can combine all the data from those apps and you have one localized location for it. But then that's just more bandwidth to that one localized location. So I, I don't, I don't really get the, the strategic point behind it personally. Um, oh, I do. The easier you use, for the easier for the consumer. The easier for the consumer, the mm. more app they're going to stay and retain. And plus also as well, everything in one place. Why do I have to worry about this this bundle for Hulu or for Disney uh, Plus or for ESPN Plus? Maybe some people didn't want one part of it or another part of it. Now, you know, if they do want it all, they're just going to get it on one ease of app use. Yeah, and but I, I guess my concern or my my issue, or I should is say, I'm, I was just say the the Hulu Disney Plus part. My hope is that everything, including ESPN, goes on one app. Gotcha. Well, I know that when I bought my Disney Plus, I bought it bundled with Hulu and ESPN Plus as well. So, yes, you're using one less application or two less applications, if you will, if they're going to combine everything into one. Um, but ultimately, it I guess it makes more a more streamlined. Uh, 
experience for the consumer. So I, I guess that would be the 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 benefit. I just don't know if it's going to be that huge of a benefit as opposed to, you know, them being on three separate apps. Okay, but it's all still one account. So, yeah. I I I just don't I don't see it as being such a huge huge deal personally. Well, I do because the fact is that Hulu, despite the years that it's been around, has never been able to get that kind of foothold into a subscriber base large enough to become a dominant player. They're well known, but they're never dominant. They're still I mean for for years we talked about how you know, Netflix had started to grow and grow and grow and, and, and you know, but Crackle, Hulu, Amazon, they had a chance to go ahead and become the next Netflix and each of them for whatever various reasons decided or could not become that next next Netflix because of the fact that they just made mistakes along the way. And ever since then, people have flown by Hulu and, and just disregarded it because to go ahead and get HBO Max, Disney Plus, uh, as well as Netflix, and and you know it just seems to me that the content of Hulu is very underrated, and now people get a chance to see it and enjoy it, even though it will come at a higher price. But that's that's the that's my point. Like if you've already purchased a bundle through Disney Plus, then then what's really changed? You already had access to that stuff. If you just chose to use it or not is 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 up to you. But it's not going to change the fact that even if you bundle it or even if you make it one app with Disney, granted, you might see it, but you still may not decide to actually use it. If that's what I'm, if that makes sense, like it was already bundled with the three. So now you're essentially just taking away that 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 app usage and you're putting it all on one focalized location. But the content is still the same content. So if you well, weren't I- interested in Hulu prior to just because it's now on Disney, is not going to all of a sudden garner your interest in Hulu or Hulu's content. Well, I can tell you for me that I never bundled. I never went with the bundle for Hulu uh, okay. and, and gotcha. ESPN Plus. And, like, and I know there are millions of viewers out there that just took Disney Plus over the other two. Gotcha. I can tell you that I That's can tell right. you okay. for a fact, and that even though they tried hard to go ahead and pitch the bundle, I never, I never bought in. I always thought Hulu had some nice stuff. But I never thought it was so nice that I wanted to go ahead and get more than a month trial here and there. So what I what I am glad now is the fact that I will be getting more content, which is something Disney Plus has always been weak on. And I've said on this show Mm -hmm. several times, Disney Plus main weakness is not bringing in consistent non Marvel, non Star Wars content to that platform. And it, it started with the Orville and there were some other shows that they migrated from Hulu that that made it a little Disney plus even a little bit better, a little bit more interesting, but they never really delved both feet in the water until later this year when they finally bring all that Hulu content under one app. Gotcha. Okay. Well that, if, if, if that's the rationale, then, then I guess I can understand that aspect of it. Um, that just tells me that that bundle, so, you know, the advertising that they've done with Dave Bautista and, and all the stuff that they've done over the years with the bundling of all three has not worked and people have chosen sides on which which they want. Do they want just Hulu or do they want just Disney Plus? And it, you know, obviously with 150, well, at the one time, over 160 million viewers, they've chosen Disney Plus, but have tried to, uh, you know, actively not get Hulu Plus or ESPN Plus. Well, I think with, with Hulu or ESPN Plus, ESPN Plus doesn't have enough content that's going to garner more than, is going to garner the average sports fan. I mean, you're going to have the UFC fights and you're going to have some of the exclusive content through ESPN Plus, but it's not enough to garner anything more than a, a, a casual sport, anything less than a casual sports fan or anything more than a casual sports fan. And if anybody that wants ESPN Plus is going to get ESPN Plus because they just want to be in the know of all things sports, right? That's going to be more of a niche. Uh, it's not going to be something that every consumer has to have. And I think it's the same deal with Hulu. People that have Hulu um, don't really have other forms of live television but now with the in with with google television or google tv or youtube tv excuse me with youtube tv with philo with sling there are so many other live television alternatives than to hulu that they really just don't seem to have a need for hulu so i think who disney needs hulu more than hulu needs disney because well from the standpoint of 
to be merged because then it's going to draw that that everyday traffic into Disney, who's now going to have you know daily content as opposed to as you mentioned the Marvels, the Star Wars, and just that stuff being updated regularly. Now they're going to have local television that's actually going to be something that people turn into tune into potentially every day. So, um, and that's that's why I say for me personally that it, it, it's not going to be that huge of a, a deal. Now, granted, I think my bill is going to be a little bit cheaper because instead of having all three bundled technically separately, but you know, under one package, now that they're going to be combined, I think my bill goes down slightly, but nothing, nothing substantial. And I could be mistaken on that. So I don't really see it as a huge, you know, difference maker for me personally. Um, but to the average consumer, maybe so. And I just think it's going to be a win for those who've just had Disney Plus myself because what comes in with Hulu, right. uh, you know, they have, uh, I don't know, they have some things that, that are appealing to mm-hmm. a lot of individuals out there like you, myself that have been mm-hmm. just screaming for more adult content to the Disney mm-hmm. Plus format. But, Absolutely. you know, not enough where I was going to say, like I said, enough to, man, I got to go ahead and jump and get on Hulu I think it's going to be a nice little mix of stuff that's going to be added in there. But again, it just makes the the prospect, even though my bill will be larger on my end, I think it'll just make it that much better. Gotcha. And and, and that very well could be. I do think it's imperative that for Disney and their ultimate success to continue and to thrive, they're going to have to have content that caters more than Star Wars, Marvel, as you mentioned. Uh, you're going to need some more adult content. And honestly, Hulu is how I, I, I watched a lot of these shows that, I would talk about uh, on the air with us here. You know, I, I, I spoke very highly of that show, This Is Us, that my wife and I both enjoyed. Um, I, I seen that because of Hulu. Now, granted, if you if you just had a subscription to regular television, you'd have seen it. I didn't have local television because I didn't have a local, you know, I didn't have a regular cable box. So um, I was able to see stuff, shows like that, that I was exposed to due to Hulu. So um, I, I did partake in Hulu. I just, as somebody who originally bundled that consumer, I feel for them because I don't see what they're really getting out of the deal. Mm-hmm. I don't see how they're making it any any better for people who have been jumping onto this bundle subscription since the beginning. Um, me wanted to have all the information on sports, wanted to have access to Hulu as well. It, it just made sense to bundle everything together because I'd already had those separately anyways. Um, so now they're going to combine it even more. I just don't see the benefits as somebody who's already got the bundle. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I, I understand yeah. that, absolutely. Yeah. But again, I think it comes down to just numbers. When Hulu, uh, I guess right now, has, what, 40 million viewers, like 40 mm-hmm. million subscribers, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Disney has close to 160. It had over 160, but actually lost 4 million to go back under 160. So let's just say 160. That's yeah. one quarter what you should have as far as uh, an even mix there. So that tells me, you know, most of the people that are invested in these streaming outlets don't get Hulu. And I think it's a bigger benefit for Hulu customers getting the Disney plus content as opposed to Disney plus getting the Hulu content. But still, I think it's a win for all sides. Uh, You know, for uh, like you said, maybe for you, it's not going to be because you had the bundled content already, but it just tells me that the bundled, uh, advertising that they did for for years now just didn't work to the point where it it raised Hulu enough to be a big player without Agreed. the help of Disney Plus. Agreed. That 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 we do agree on. Absolutely. Action Figure Adventure is back with season two, and we're going further than ever before. Checking out more toy stores than ever before, and seeing more incredible, iconic, and noteworthy pieces than you could possibly imagine. Once again, Jay grapples with how to build the ultimate action figure auction to support critically and terminally ill kids in need. Along the way, we'll chat about holy grail figures, perfect action figures, and showcase some incredible toy collections. Action Figure Adventure season two. 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Jinx TV Canada. Well, I'll tell you what, my friend. It's been great so far talking to you. But before we head on out, I got to go ahead and ask you one more quick question. If you got a few more minutes here. For you, I got all the time you need, brother. All right. You know, we've got Lord of the Rings Gollum coming out after a long delay. And I have honestly, you know, it's coming out to little fanfare. 
it may be uh, coming out to good reviews. It may not. Who knows? I just think at some point in time we're going to go ahead and and see a hopefully a cataclysmic and just awesome Lord of the Rings game that I think we deserve. Mm-hmm. My question to you is: Earlier this year, Hogwarts Legacy came out and actually surprised a lot of people. Maybe it was yep. because of the time it came out of the year yeah. or whatnot. Yeah. I still think that it came out to a big surprise as far as very good, strong ratings, but also a lot of great sales. You said you had a great interest in it. We had a conversation at one time about it. And the fact is that it sold tremendously right off the get-go. Now, mind you, it didn't do as quickly as uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, but oh, still. that doesn't count. You can't yeah. bring Zelda into it. Gerald, come on. I know, but <laughs> given, given the fact it still did, you know, oh, it sold well over 10 million, most likely will earn somewhere around 20 to 25 million in its lifespan, mm-hmm. which is an outstanding, outstanding sales for a game such as that. Yes. And it tells me that there is life and interest in a Harry Potter style game if it's done to somewhat competent, if it's done well. The thing I ask you, though, is will Lord of the Rings, which has had many iterations for games over the years, some of which I've enjoyed, some of which I've not so enjoyed. It's had an MMO. It's had video games on you name it consoles over the years, ever since the I, I think going back even to the Nintendo days of the 90s. But mainly uh, during the early 2000s, there were a bunch of Lord of the Rings games that came out. And, and even in later years, there has been. But do you think, though, because of the fact that Lord of the Rings has never had a breakout video game per se, do you think it could ever find the success that Hogwarts Legacy and Harry Potter has with a really breakout standout game? No, no, I, I, I don't. And, and here's why I say I don't. I don't. Here's why I say that. You know, they had a chance with uh, Shadows of Mordor, um, it, a game that really kind of took people by surprise. They weren't expecting it. They they didn't know it was coming, and it did pretty well. Obviously, it garnered enough for a sequel. Uh, it had a a nemesis system that had never been seen before in a game, and it made for some really uh, interesting uh, encounters in playing that game. So mm-hmm. I think they had a chance with a game like Shadows of Mordor that they kind of came out of left field nobody knew it was coming by a development team that uh, we weren't expecting to put out something like that it was it was very well done but here's the thing about the lord of the rings it's just not as popular as harry potter it's just not as popular as star wars and as much as i enjoy the tolkien series as much as i know you enjoy the tolkien series it's Mm -hmm. just not the same level and because it's not the same level uh, because it hasn't been able to endear itself to the same, uh, the same amount of people, it's 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 naturally just it's not going to be able to do that. I don't know many kids that talk about Lord of the Rings, and having young children now, I'm still around enough young kids where I, I I can hear that type of stuff. I can hear what some kids are talking about, nieces and nephews and cousins, and and what they're referring to, and and nobody's talking about Lord of the Rings. Nobody's talking about Tolkien. They're talking about Star Wars. They're talking about Harry Potter. They're talking about some of those other games and some of those other franchises. And and that's what's interesting to to this particular conversation because we, we're talking about a medium that, that you and I have grown up with um, that we're going to probably enjoy another Tolkien experience and, and we'll, we'll enjoy it. But the truth of the matter is it's just not as popular as Harry Potter. And if you think about how long it had been since we had a decent Harry Potter experience, it, it really caught fire at the right time. It was really at the right place at the right time and exactly what we were looking for. So I think the magic that Harry Potter caught is something that will not be able to be replicated by Tolkien, any any Tolkien series, because it's just not it's just not as popular. Um, unfortunately, obviously, you have uh, games in the Star Wars universe that are more or less popular. Obviously, the the, the newest Jedi Survivor that just came out, which is a fantastic game if you haven't played it, by the way. Oh, my goodness. Uh, really, 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 really good stuff. Um, those are things that people are excited about because the Star Wars brand, for as much as it had been diminished due to the recent movies and controversies around character development, so on and so forth, there's those are still movies more towards those audience, and those audience are going to naturally cater more to those type of games. Um, but because again, Tolkien and his the Tolkien universe, if you will, 
for lack of a better term, uh, is just not as popular with our younger generation. And that's, that's really the key is the young generation because it's not as popular with the younger generation. It's not as cool as having lightsabers. It's not as cool as using laser guns or flying starships or, or flying on, on, on animals. And uh, granted you do that in, in the Tolkien verse, but dealing with the, the Harry Potter, the world of Harry Potter, the wizarding world of Harry Potter, it's just, it's popular with kids. And that's really what it's gonna boil down to G. If it's not popular with the kids, then it, the parents are not going to be interested in buying it because it's not going to hold the kids' attention. We're buying stuff for the kids to play with to hold their attention and, and, and be able to enjoy. And if that's not something that the kids are interested in, then it really serves no purpose. Not to us as, a, as parents. Well, I think, uh, you know, The Rings of Power, despite what people say about it, I, I thought it was a great show. I thought uh, for sure. I enjoyed it. For sure. Uh, I know the ratings were not as high as maybe exactly. Amazon would like, liked exactly. it. But I do think that given the right context i think the lord of the rings can find a niche can find an audience i think that mm -hmm. that uh with the shows that are actually or excuse me the movies that are on the way that are going to be redone i don't know how if it's going to be good or bad or if it's going to piss off everybody or make them you know more involved with it you know who knows because you know people are treading on on such thin ice there when it comes to a new revisement of the Lord of the Rings movies because of the fact that they were already done so well to an extent, especially the first three with Peter Jackson. I don't know if they, it, again, that it will find a new audience, but if it does, I I could see a point where it, with the right video game and the right context, like you said, Shadow Mordor earned praise, earned praise and just, it, it earned a sequel it it did so great as far as uh you know with the with the critics with the audience it won several game of the year awards the first mm -hmm. one did mm -hmm. and it is loosely based on that lord of the rings environment I, I could see something where if it's done right uh and if it's done with a co-op adventure in the same vein as the lord of the rings uh story itself I, I could see something done where it gets to the point where it is really done well it can, and it can resonate with an audience. I don't think Gollum is going to be that thing. I think Gollum no. had its chance to go ahead and be something that stands out. Now, by the time, after all these delays, it just comes out as a, just another game in a sea of other games that are coming out at the yep. end of May. So yep. I don't see anything good for that game as far as success level. I, mean, I hope I'm wrong, but you know, I don't think that's going to be the case, but when it comes to Lord of the Rings, I think the IP can, if you know, because fantasy does sell. Look at Skyrim, that has sold tens of millions of copies. Look yeah. at other games within the fantasy realm. I think it can find a niche. It just has to, you know, every everything has to fall in line. As you know, with all successful video games, it has to fall in line. Everything has to fall in line in order for it to go ahead and make that kind of money. Oh, very true, but we're. we're... But let's 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 also call a spade a spade. We've been playing Skyrim for how many generations now? Like we well, grew up with Skyrim, right? So we grew up. They'll with put Skyrim. that on a. They'll put that on a digital pen if you ask. If, if you give them a chance to, they will. I've seen a, yeah. I've seen somebody try to put on a T eight hundred calculator before. Exactly. The point, the, but the point is, it's for a different audience. And what you have to do is, you have to be able to get the kids hooked. If you can't get the kids hooked, and then they start to grow up with the series, like the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Granted, we've grown up and have grown with Harry Potter, but it's still appealing to children. We've grown up with Star Wars and our parents grew up with Star Wars, but it's still appealing to children. The Tolkien verse we've grown up with, but our children haven't. And our children don't really care for it the way they care for Harry Potter, the way they care for uh, Star Wars. It's, 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 it's for a different audience. And the problem with it being for a different audience is that anytime you, anytime your audience is more narrow than the general public, then the sales are going to sales are, are not going to be where you'd want them to be for a, a triple A title. Um, it's just not, it's, it's the, the numbers aren't going to be there. G and that, that's, that's the concern. I have. Is it going to find a niche? Sure. It's going to find a niche. Is it going to have some decent sales? Sure. It's going to have some decent sales, but it's not going to, but your, your question was comparing it to uh, Harry Potter or comparing it to Hogwarts Legacy, excuse me. It's not yeah. going to do it. It can't. It doesn't have the audience. It doesn't have the legs. It doesn't have the popularity that Hogwarts does. It doesn't have the popularity of a Star Wars game. It's it doesn't. It's not going to be able to reach that audience because the kids don't care for it. And if the kids don't care for it, 
naturally it's going to it's going to hurt the sales even if even even with my 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 daughter being uh, 11 going on 12 she absolutely loves hogwarts legacy because it got her as a child and she's you know still a kid obviously but she's kind of grown up with the with harry potter um, but even younger kids are still into Harry Potter. They're still into the idea of being a wizard. It, it, just, it's just not there for, for, for the Tolkien verse. But, and because, because you can't hook the kids, if you don't hook the kids, you're going to lose some sales, man. It's just not going to be there. Will you find some? Sure. But that's going to be people like us, people that I've grown up with that, that, that know it and love, want more of that universe. But it's not going to be enough to sustain it, bro. We have busy lives and we can't spend... 40 hours, 50 hours playing video games the way we used to. You know, we've got kids and uh, prior commitments now, adult commitments that require us to actually do things other than to play a video game. It sucks. It sucks. Trust me. <laughs> but that's the truth of the nature. We don't, we don't have the time that we used to have. Well, my friend, you've been sensational as always. I truly appreciate you taking the time to speak to me. Uh, any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? No, I already mentioned it earlier, but oh my goodness, play Jedi Survivor. It is fantastic. If they could take and harness the the energy and the story that they put into those video games, the Jedi, the Jedi series, uh, Fallen Order, and then Survivor now, if they could take that and put it into a movie, I'm waiting for Cal Kestis to make an a, appearance on uh, Ahsoka, hopefully, or maybe you know one of these spinoff Star Wars programs that's going to happen. I'm hoping that we can see Cal Kestis, but... Gerald, when I tell you that that game is is, is a fantastic ride, um, it's, it's great entertainment. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. It's really, really good stuff. If you have not tried it, uh, it has the TJ stamp of approval. You need to get that game. Sounds good indeed. But once again, it is TJ Johnson, my good friend. TJ, always glad to have you here, man. Always providing and dropping the knowledge on us right here at the Pop Culture cosmos i don't do it as well as you do my gosh you outdo me on the pop culture cosmos man <laughs> at the pop culture cosmos see what i mean <laughs> if you're in the las vegas and henderson areas and are looking to buy sell or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles there's no better place to go than retro city games from xbox to playstation nintendo to atari the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. Gerald Glasser coming right back at you here. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. As we talk a lot about this show, about the video game industry, about how well it's doing in some places, how well it's not doing in others, always source of controversy, PlayStation versus Xbox versus Nintendo, Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom coming out this past weekend. Everybody's excited to go ahead and play it. If you're a Nintendo Switch fan, with PlayStation, a lot of people were excited after the great things that they saw from God of War, the games that they've saw seen as far as Horizon Forbidden West, and all these other great games that they have coming down the pike for PlayStation. And then with Xbox, despite the troubles with Redfall, people are excited for Starfield, and obviously the great value that Xbox represents with the games pass, which actually is a better value than anything else out there in gaming. So with all these entities earning your dollars and your attention out there in the world of gaming for those in the United States, North America, Europe, Asia, gaming is so popular, especially on the PC so many people are interested in it, just basically want to go ahead and, and get in tune with their gaming selves. But one area of the world that is still, I, in my opinion, just a little bit left behind is the country of India. And who better to talk to about what's going on with the Indian gaming market than a good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check him out anytime he's here for us at the Pop Culture Cosmos. It is Hamanish Goel and Hamanish, glad to have you here, my friend. You just came back. Yeah. from india 
the tour of India. You've spent many years, many of your years there, much of your life there, a good portion anyways, I should speak. But yeah. one of the things I want to talk to you just came up, I saw recently on a uh, documentary uh, showcasing the gaming market or lack thereof in the industry in India because of the tariffs that are applied on goods coming into the country it is very difficult for those folks that want a new gaming console playstation 5 xbox series s or x or even a nintendo switch to get their hands on one in india because of the restrictions that are placed therein tell us a little bit about what the gaming scene is like in india and we'll go into later in the conversation about what ways that they, they can improve upon it. But what is the gaming scene right now in India actually like? Yeah, good question. Well, yeah, the trip in India was good. Um, I'd gone there after a long time. But when it comes to the digital media side of India and how are things growing in that in that sense, with I mean, I'm, I'm just small deviation with like films blowing up and like animation and visual effects the same way video games end up blowing up because it's a mixed media reality and if you look at it the basic highlights of how is this industry doing in india is sort of phenomenal because you see the revenue being projected to reach around like two million dollars over there like around that much money and just like the overall growth rate of like a 12% peak of mass production of more video games coming by somewhere around 2025. And, you know, online gaming is a big segmentation over there. It's been there for a long time. You know, people over there are big fans of Grand Theft Auto, um, the games over there. So that, that has always been on at the head of their minds. But most especially is the way that Microsoft and Sony are trying to pitch their products, Xbox and PS over there, slowly and slowly with like through a marketing medium because the overall economy of India is just booming. Like this is like their boom phase. But and unfortunately you cannot sell consoles right there. I mean, you could, people that go ahead and fly to different various countries around sense. the world can bring one in that it's cheaper than if Sony or Microsoft or Nintendo actually sells their products in India because they import it in because of the tariffs involved. So right now, the console hardware market is actually almost non-existent right now in your country. Is that correct? Yeah, it does. So it doesn't exist over there, but they're looking to invest when the market is right, when the time is right. But every but folks that have flown it in from relatives or whatever the scene of say and they do the same thing in brazil you know i mean yeah. las vegas i live in here in las vegas there are a ton of uh, brazilian tourists that come here they buy up a lot of playstations they buy up a lot of xboxes and take it back to brazil because that's cheaper than actually buying it and going and running to the store and going into a store in yeah. brazil and buying it because of the tariffs similar thing with india India has such restrictions on products coming into this, the country because of that fact, simply because of the fact it's not made within the country. There's so many tariffs on it that it's just conceivably by these all these three yeah. manufacturers, they just don't want to deal with it because of the fact it just costs so much money for them to do so. Yeah, it, it becomes more pricier than expected because to buy the games over there is much more easier because they can, they can third-party it, they can copy a sample of the disc and it, it'll, it'll start to roll from there on out. But mm -hmm. the console, the hardware ones, that is, those are the more expensive pieces of the product. So right now, there is no space for those hardwares right now. But once the demand of this starts to grow even more, they eventually that will also come in because a lot of other areas, like this is just like a, another small deviation you see, I, I'm not even, I'm, I do not kid you. The places that I went in India, there are more, th there is a, a huge opportunity for anything in the branding, the media, the entertainment sectors. And whether that be like learning about how to do 
animation of your effects or just creating video games from scratch. I mean, even though it has nothing to do with the topic, just the fact that even something which has which has a consumer having to test or play out the product for their enjoyment is growing because it, it the, 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 the population is so big over there. And so people have just been so interested in that in those areas that it's just been growing. And that goes with any, anything over there these days, you know, whether you do uh, coaching classes or whatnot. So if you look at how many mobile games are in India right now versus video games, the mobile games are the total of how much folks are using it is much more smaller than the ones that are downloaded games or live streaming games. And definitely is mobile games are less than those whereas online games over there have dominated the market since 2017 and above so and it's continuing to do that based on the projections i'm seeing um so you know it's i don't know if that really answered <laughs> your question not really again i this fact remains that you know PlayStation, Nintendo, and Xbox, as of now, are not selling their consoles in India, which, again, just passed China or is projected to pass China, or as we speak, has already passed China as far as becoming the world's most populous country. So you talk about a base that's, that's gearing up. My friend, you're talking about the largest country in the entire world. You should already have a base that already is clamoring for this type of uh, product to be out there. And, you know, again... I know it's about wanting to have Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo wanting to, you know, actually figure out how they can go ahead and build within the country and within the confines of India. So India can have homemade homegrown products. I think that's something that they have to, both sides have to agree upon is that maybe something can be done, but you know, it just seems to me that there's a grand opportunity for whoever one of these three individual companies that wants to step in, build a factory or something in India and make whatever console that they can make in order to go ahead and put it out there because there's probably a huge demand that's just waiting for it to come out. When it comes to growth in the video game industry, it, it's going. So there is no hardware in consoles. That that chapter is definitely closed. But if you look at the well, the it's not that it's closed because it, it, you, you know the restrictions out. But if the restrictions were lifted, or let's say if uh, you know Microsoft or Nintendo decides to build a plant in India, then that suddenly becomes a live opportunity for them. Yeah, because then they can start ma they can start producing the content, and they'll avoid and they'll avoid a lot all the tariffs that are involved. Involved, yeah. It'll be more easier for consumers to purchase a product over there for sure. So, I mean, it's not it's not closed per se. The window's not closed per se on these consoles. I I kind of see it on the other end as far as it being a golden opportunity. But again, uh, you know, it's all about the cost that you you have to pay the the way the the balance the cost. Since India is obviously not going to give up on its its uh, restrictions financial restrictions that they have for things entering the country and they're not going to go ahead and make do they make any exceptions for anything coming in the country or is it on um, everything is it a blanket just everything that they you know that they're just they just price out if it's not made um, if it's if it's not made if it's not made in india you usually they'll price it out because it's coming internationally but it depends it depends on the scenario for like what is it something that they don't have in the market that their companies are not doing? And if so, then maybe they might make some exceptions. But it, but it well, depends. this is something that they don't have in your country right now. I mean, yeah. again, you know, uh, from what I saw, there are, you know, uh, mom and pop stores that sell, you know, maybe a bootleg versions of, of the, or they'll have, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah somebody a friend or family member will bring it in from overseas and that's how they get their their hands on a switch or ps5 or an xbox series x but again be going to an, a local department store in india and buying a switch or buying a ps5 or xbox series s or x is right now out of the question if 
they decide to go ahead and reverse course, obviously the windfall would be outstanding. Yeah, I mean, it, it, might, it might take a different direction for sure. I mean, for like, I don't know how that, how that would go, but it, it, it would help that sector for, for those folks, for the gamers, let's put it out there. Because right now, the only, the only market that gaming has really thrived in in the previous days for India has been online gaming. Because that, that's because that, they don't have consoles, they don't have access to consoles. The consoles. Most, yeah, yeah, ninety nine percent of the population, I'm assuming, or you know, in, in the high nineties, let's say, don't have access to it. But what if they were given access to it? What if they were either given access to it by either something homegrown that was made by that was authorized by Microsoft, Nintendo, or Sony, or that that the, they relaxed the rules enough on those products? That would change oh. the dynamic entirely. Yeah, I mean, it would depend on individuals. Some would be willing to adapt to the console model, but some, I, I might prefer the PC one. And it, it, but it will make a shift in the piece, the the PC gaming side and the um, console side for sure. Like it, it will, it will level up the playing field uh, because any sort of new, well. I wouldn't say new, but any sort of product that has not been there and has not become more easily easily accessible or not as expensive, this tends to thrive a lot more in India because the market is it, it's growing. Like it's it, it's open to anything at this point. I mean, but they would have to do all that in order to come into the the market for folks to. Well, a lot has to be done, of course, as, as you indicated, and as far as some changes being made, if the console market were to ever succeed. Uh, I think ultimately that one of these three manufacturers will probably have to go ahead and weigh the cost-benefit ratio as far as putting some type of manufacturing facility inside of India and just producing consoles from there. If that's the case, I think they would just have an absolute monopoly on the marketplace, which would be you know, something that the Indian market could go ahead and absolutely have as an option outside of just uh, cloud gaming and PC gaming. So hopefully that will happen at some point in time. But just thought it would be interesting to talk about it because, again, you know, being the world's most populous country, it is so interesting to see that that console gaming is virtually non-existent in your country right now. Yeah. All right. Well, there's some great thoughts there from Hamanish Goel. Like, so glad you were able to go ahead and uh, give your thoughts on uh, a gaming marketplace in India because of the fact, again, uh, some observations I thought as far as being able to go ahead and understand a little bit more because of what's going on, the restrictions financially that they put on uh, and why these gaming consoles have not yet flourished in that marketplace. So great talking with Himanish. Any last thoughts before we head on out? Um, well, I guess the, the only thought is that with the media sector evolving in India, I tend to see this go even bigger, like just as how before before whatever sort of new technology in the media space used to come, India used to be behind that. And slowly, slowly, they're starting to catch up. And hopefully, I get to, hopefully India comes to a place where they're able to start creating content and other countries where it becomes an inter, um, it becomes a, a worldwide gaming sensation where folks are not only able to play limited US type of games, but other games outside as well, you know, like a connection sort of a thing, because it, the, the gaming market, whether console, whether PC, whether VR, which is starting to trend, uh, it will make, uh, it will make a huge dominance for folks to tap into. Well, look, glad you were able to go ahead and share your thoughts on it. Once again, it's Hamanish Goel. Truly appreciate it, my friend. Anytime you stop on by, telling us and giving us updates on what's going on in India as far as entertainment, pop culture. Always great to hear your thoughts from us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.